inflammation or preventing inflammation or keeping inflammation at bay with diet starts with maintaining that gut health because those microbes are forming that protective lining within the intestinal walls. And when they have a, you have a quote, healthy gut um, with lots of diversity and balance, um, those microbes let the good stuff like the digested nutrients um, be absorbed into the bloodstream, but they prevent a lot of the junk, the lit irritants in our food today from entering into the body. The information provided in this podcast is educational and not intended to diagnose or treat medical conditions. Are you struggling with bloating, gas, constipation, and fatigue, but don't know what's causing these problems? The Gut Health Reset Podcast with Dr. Anne-Marie Barter dives deep into the root causes behind these issues that start in the gut. This podcast will give you the knowledge you need to heal your gut and reset your health. Today on the Gut Health Reset Podcast, we are going to discuss how a person suffering from chronic inflammation can tell and what to do about it what chronic inflammation is doing to our guts. I'm so tired of cooking, but I still want to eat healthy meals. What can I do about it? And what are some simple steps anyone can take to reduce overall inflammation? Thank you for joining us today on the Gut Health Reset Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Anne-Marie Barter. And today, my special guest is Carolyn Williams, PhD, RD. And she is a leading culinary nutrition expert and 2017 James Beard Journalism Award winner who has developed a knack for breaking down complex science into quick reader-friendly tips. The author of two cookbooks, Meals That Heal, 100 Plus Recipes of Anti-Inflammatory Recipes in 30 Minutes or Less, and Meals That Heal, One Pot. Carolyn is a sought-after speaker on anti-inflammatory eating and managing chronic inflammation through lifestyle. Her work is regularly featured in print and online for lifestyle brands and media outlets such as Eating Well, Real Simple, Cooking Light, and All Recipes. Carolyn, thank you so much for being with us here today. I'm super excited and I just like um, what your message is about because I think that this is questions that a lot of people have on how to simplify cooking. And I just, I love that we're diving in this into this today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I feel like so much of the information out there makes things more complicated for people. And I really just want to bring it to a voice, you know, just some clarity to that area and simplify things. Yeah, I think that's the number one question I, I personally get asked in practice, like, well, how do you cook? What do you do? You know, mm-hmm. I don't have time for that. I, you know, how do we make this easier? Well, I only have this much time, so I cannot wait to dive into your your uh, simplicity tips to figure out a way to make really healthy meals. But um, let's just first start. And how do we know if somebody is suffering with chronic inflammation? Well, I'm going to be honest, most every single adult has some level of low grade chronic inflammation in their body. And I like to, the inflammation in your body is somewhat on a continuum and you want to keep it at the very low end if possible. Um, But the tricky thing with inflammation in the early stages or when you're at the lower end of the continuum and it starts to maybe pop up a little due to stress or life or, you know, maybe hadn't eaten the greatest diet in the past two days. Um, The tricky thing is the signs are so very subtle. 
they are things that you would probably never go to the doctor about. But if you pay attention to them, they are ones that um, aren't your body's norm. So maybe you're a little bloated or you recognize that you're getting bloated lately after you eat certain things or you're having headaches more frequently or, you know, you feel like you've been eating healthy and being staying active, but like that weight won't budge, you know, maybe if you're trying to lose some body fat, Um, maybe your blood pressure isn't high, but it's, it's higher than it normally is. You know, it's getting up into pre-hypertensive just little things, maybe even new skin irritations, things that just aren't quite the norm for you. I like to say those are kind of like your body weight and like a little yellow flag. Something's a little off. It's a little inflammation going on. That's really when it's really easy to, you know, rein things back in and lower that inflammation, you know, and then some of your more, your red flags are going to be like a high um, or an elevated hemoglobin A1C. Um, lipids that are, you know, out of whack, that are not um, where they should be, high blood pressure, those kind of things. So some people don't know what an elevated um, hemoglobin A1C is. Can you explain that? Yeah, so it's a blood test that looks at kind of a long-term look at how your blood glucose, your blood sugar has been. So rather than, you know, if you take your um, test your blood glucose, blood sugar today, they do a little finger prick and it would tell you like what it is right now. Hemoglobin A1C is nice because it's a blood test and it kind of gives the healthcare provider a picture of what your blood sugar regulation has been over the past three months. So it's really helpful for identifying early insulin resistance. You know, you're not diabetic. You may not have, you know, high blood glucose um, at times, but early stages of of, um, insulin resistance, hemoglobin A1C can pick up. And then it's used regularly for people who do have diabetes just to keep tabs on how their management is doing. Yeah, I think everybody should have that test. It's just my opinion. I think everybody should have it. I run it on all my patients, no matter if you're skinny or battling with weight or any of that, because it it just gives you so much information of what your blood sugar's done over the past few mm-hmm. months. Mm-hmm. And you can identify and fix problems. And the sooner you can fix problems, the better off you are because the easier it is. Yeah, exactly. So since we're the Gut Health Reset Podcast, How does inflammation really affect and target the gut and what symptoms maybe would someone see? Yeah, you know, so I think everyone knows they need to focus on their gut health and then, you know, there's interest in inflammation, but I think there's a disconnect sometimes people like, wait, do they, how do these two connect or how do they, you know, what's the influence on one another? And I know y'all probably talked about this before, but really inflammation or preventing inflammation or keeping inflammation at bay with diet starts with maintaining that gut health because those microbes are forming that protective lining within the intestinal walls. And when they have a, you have a quote, healthy gut um, with lots of diversity and balance, um, those microbes let the good stuff like the digested nutrients um, be absorbed into the bloodstream, but they prevent a lot of the junk, the lit irritants in our food today from entering into the body. So, um, but when that gut health is disrupted, you start to get leaks 
um, which you'll hear referred to as leaky gut sometimes, gaps in those, um, in that microbial wall. And so now the nutrients are still getting through, but so are a lot of the chemicals, the irritants, the toxins in there. And anytime, once those get in the body, that's an automatic, you know, going to trigger some inflammation. Right. So, I mean, inflammation seems like it really affects every single part of the body. It can wreak havoc in everywhere, basically. So why aren't we talking about it more? You know, that was my big question. And I, um, you know, honestly, inflammation was not even on my radar five or six years ago. Now, here I am sitting with two cookbooks, on <laughs> quick and easy cookbook, plenty of time, inflammatory cooking. But um, I really, inflammation first popped up on my radar when I wrote an article about Alzheimer's and the connection to food, which I really had not looked much into. And this was about five or six years ago. Um, I wrote it and that's what I ended up. I wrote it for Cooking Light and um, inflammation is a key driver of the development of those plaques and tangles in the brain that are associated with Alzheimer's. So a lot of the foods that are good, like on the mind diet, that is may have a preventive effect on the development of Alzheimer's and just overall brain um, health. Um, a lot of those foods that are so powerful are anti-inflammatory in nature. And that's one of the things that may help reduce people's risk. But I wrote that article and I ended up winning a James Beard award for that article. And I would love to say that's how I got into inflammation, but it wasn't. I kept on doing what we all do, like going through our daily tasks, my daily to-do list, writing articles on all these other health topics that I thought were so very different. And when I finally sat down and took a vacation about six months later and like kind of stopped to think about what I've been writing, what I wanted to write in the future, um, I realized, oh my gosh, all these different things from intermittent fasting to um, autoimmune conditions to eating for high blood pressure, you name it, diabetes, you know, weight loss, anything. The one thing that all this research that I've been looking through for each of these articles has, there's one common thread in all the research, and that is low-grade chronic inflammation is the common culprit or the common driver in every single one of these. Or in the case of intermittent fasting, intermittent fasting um, lowers like the um, inflammation in the body typically. So, um, you know, but then my question was exactly what you asked me, like, okay, Carolyn, you must not be understanding this right, because why is it everybody, why aren't we focusing on this? You know, why aren't healthcare providers really zeroing it in? Because reducing inflammation is how you stay healthy, maintain your health, but it's also how you treat disease or a part of how you treat disease and prevent disease. You know, so then I was like, okay, I got to go back to the drawing board because why isn't everybody preaching anti-inflammation? And, you know, Nelson, I realized, you know, we don't necessarily need all these separate diets, these heart healthy and, you know, all these different types of diets for different things. We all really need an anti-inflammatory diet because that's the root cause of everything. And then I was, I have a, they're now 12 and 15, but I have two children. And I, my thought was, oh my gosh, you know. So my first thought would be, was this would be so powerful for my parents. And then I'm like, well, Carolyn, you're about to be 40. This would be powerful for you too. <laughs> but then I thought, you know, um, what if I could get my kids just adopting some of these habits? Imagine like how that might really change the progression or trajectory of their health, like for the next 50 years. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now I'm like very excited. I want to know about 
simplistic cooking techniques where we can do, it can be simple, it can be one pot, you know, how, how do we go about doing this? You know, cause I'm done with cooking. I'm sick of it. And, you know, and I think that that, that mirrors a lot of people's views on cooking. Yes. And, you know, one thing I had to face myself a couple of years ago and, and um, is there's a lot of nights I don't want to cook. And I think a lot of people are in that same boat. Um, now, I want the benefits of a home cooked meal, of a healthy home cooked meal for my family. And I can't afford to eat out every night. But, you know, um, but I don't want to. That's the last thing I want to do a lot of nights. It's like another thing on your to do list, or at least mm-hmm. right now in my stage of life. And, you know, I think there's, I realized once I like said it out loud that it really took a lot of weight off me. I think there's a lot of pressure or a lot of guilt, particularly women feel that they don't really want to do it. You know, they know they need to, they want the benefits, but, you know, we don't really want to do it. And um, so that's really the space I was in about three years ago. And I'm still somewhat in it. I'm coming a little out of it, but I'm still, you know, somewhat in it. And I thought, okay, if I feel this way and, you know, I'm a foodie and I want the nutrient benefits, I've got to figure this out because I can't be the only one feeling this. So my goal for this one dish cookbook was to simplify even more. So I have a, um, my first cookbook, Meals That Heal, was just anti everyday anti-inflammatory, like uh, the whole family would eat in 30 minutes or less. And most of them were a good bit less than 30 minutes. But this took it one step further, this cookbook, um, Meals That Heal, one dish or one pot, because it is, um, I really try to keep hands-on work time to 15 minutes or less. It's one sheet pan, one skillet, one pot. And here's the thing, I'm not going to put just anything in my cookbook because it really, I have foodie taste buds, but I have a dietitian mind. So it's got to meet both of those. So if when I made it, when I tested the recipes, like if it wasn't something I felt was worth, you know, my work at five or six o'clock, I was like, no, this one goes back to the drawing board or let's move on to the next one. It also needed to be something that my kids would eat without minimal complaints. You know, I feel like kids today, they want, you know, their favorite food every night. Well, that's not happening, but you know, it needs to be something, have some components of your popilla. Um, it needs to have some components at least that I can break down for them that they will eat. So I'm not cooking two meals. Hey, this is Dr. Anne-Marie Barter. Have you ever spent hours searching for the right supplements to heal your body? And when you finally found them, maybe you weren't sure it was a brand that you could trust or if the products were safe. After hearing about these issues time and time again, I decided to put together a complete store of supplements for healing and supporting your gut at dranmariebarter.com. There are supplements for constipation, thyroid health, gut health, energy, and so much more. There are bundles created for sleep support, pain support, histamine support, and the list just goes on and on. These supplements I use personally, or I've handpicked because they've worked time and time again on countless cases in the office. 
And on the website, you can see what ingredients we use to put your mind at ease. If you visit DrAnnMarieBarter.com and use the promo code podcast to get 10% off your next order. So what are you waiting for? Go visit Dr. Anne Marie Barter and get 10% off your supplement bundle. Ciao. And now back to our episode. Totally. Awesome. Do you have um, any simple steps that, that someone can follow for yes. cooking? And yes. making recipes? So that's where I it gets have- tricky. Yeah, I have never been, so I've kind of got two, and I, I outlined some of these. There's a whole chapter on how to like streamline and how to even grocery shop without a real definite plan, meal plan yet um, in the book. But um, I am not a big meal prep fan. I never really have been. I didn't want to spend my whole Sunday in the kitchen, and I didn't want to eat the same meal six different times during the week. But I am a big proponent of doing a little, what I call component prepping or ingredient prepping. So on a Sunday, I will make sure that I have like a big batch of some kind of cooked whole grain. I will make sure that I have leafy greens on hand. I will try to cook some kind of protein that's just there to grab to throw in last minute meals. So maybe I grill a bunch of chicken or I, um, you know, saute a bunch of shrimp or and make sure I have some cans of beans on hand so that when I, you know, walk in and need a quick lunch or even like need a quick dinner because I'm not going to cook at all or, you know, I could just pull these components and, you know, compile a green bowl or, you know, pull out that grilled chicken and the corn tortillas and the sauce, the refrigerated salsa and, you know, make chicken tacos really quick. Um, I'm also a huge proponent of finding good quality, minimally processed convenience foods. You know, processed foods have a really bad name and most of them should, but there are some really high quality brands out these days. And when you find some good ones with good quality ingredients, Um, you know, those can really be your time savers, your shortcuts. And, you know, I tell people and say, well, how do I know? And you hear the old recommendation, five ingredients or less. Well, it can still not be great quality with five ingredients or less. I tell people, um, like when they're buying a salad dressing or when they're buying a marinara or tomato sauce, um, look at the ingredient list. Does it have the same things in that list that if you were making it at home, that real recipe would have, you know, so if it's a marinara, I want to see um, organic tomatoes. I want to see basil. I want to see extra virgin olive oil, garlic, um, maybe a little salt, a little pepper, those kind of things, you know, and that's about all it should be. Um, same for salad dressing, you know, I would preferably, I'd love to see extra virgin olive oil as the main oil in there. Um, if not, then, you know, a little healthier oil in there, avocado oil, you're seeing some come out now, um, spices, vinegars, maybe a little mustard, maybe a touch of sweetness because you do need to balance those flavors just a little, as long as it's not excessive. So you want to see like a little honey or maple syrup towards the end, but that's kind of my gauge for what I use. You know, does it look like, are these ingredients in this ingredient list the same as what I have in my cabinet and in my refrigerator? Yeah. And I think um, just kind of, I think that that was a great summary of that 
there's been a lot of discussion just to switch gears about food intolerance and Mm -hmm. how do I know if I have food intolerances? Do you have any recommendations for that? Yeah. You know, um, a lot of times people will start to pick them up themselves or they'll notice something isn't quite right or they'll notice I get a sore throat after I eat this meal. They may not know the food or, you know, for instance, if I eat full fat ice cream, um, if I indulge one night, um, which is not on occasion, but I mean, it's just, which is on occasion, excuse me, <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm not, nothing is off limits technically, but, um, I know I'm going to wake up that next morning with a little bit of nasal congestion, maybe even a slight sore throat. If I get right back on track, it's going to go away. But I've learned that. And that's a little bit of a food intolerance, food sensitivity. They are really hard to detect. And I don't know about what you have found, but I have not found the research does not that I've read has not suggested that at home tests that you can send off are very accurate at all. Um, Is that kind of you... It, it depends on the test. Um, okay. I, most of them, I think that that's totally true. Sometimes if they're, if someone's done an elimination diet, this, this yeah. kind of my gold standard, if someone's done an elimination diet and they can't figure it out, then I'll run a, a test uh, that's a little bit more accurate versus a lot of the ones that are just at home. But I yeah. don't start there and I run stool tests first because you're going to get a ton of food sensitivities, if that's the case. And yeah. so um, it's a, it's a last it's hard. It's, effort yeah. when I do a food test. Yeah. It's, I wish it was as clear cut as like food allergies testing, you know, but it's not. And, you know, I've also found these can develop over the lifespan and it's usually related to inflammation. Like certain things may not bother you in your twenties when your inflammation is really low and you're not stressed and, you know, <laughs> Um, but then in your forties, you know, where, you know, life is different. You're a little bit older, health has changed a little, and you've got a higher, you're have a little more inflammation in your body. Maybe you're still healthy, but you have a little more inflammation that might make the, um, you start seeing the symptoms of a food intolerance. And I'm with you, the elimination protocol, I think is by far the best. Now it's for people who have severe ones and really need to get to the, to the bottom of what is bothering them. I think the classic elimination diet is great and you can't beat it. It's also hard though. So I do give just as a starting place for people who aren't ready to do the full um, elimination protocol, which is about six to eight weeks, if I remember correctly. Um, I give kind of a quick, kind of a this cliff notes version, if you will, of the elimination, it's not hundred percent accurate, but for a lot of people who just maybe have some general ones that have developed later in life, it can be a good indicator where you cut out, you know, gluten and you cut out dairy and you really kind of clean up your diet for two weeks, really good. And then you introduce stuff slowly. And a lot of times people will realize, oh yeah, you know, when I drank milk after that, or when I eat cheese, I noticed the nasal congestion. You know, you can notice small things and that's your tip off. What's a, what's your feeling? Because I feel like a lot of, not a lot, but there's certain subsets of people that refuse to do it. Um, do you have any tips for, for just encouraging those folks that really just 
they're like, oh, it can't be that. Oh, it, it, you know, that can't be the cause of my issues or whatnot to encourage them to maybe go forward and do an AIP diet for, you know, a month to eight weeks. You know, it's really, really hard. I mean, I know I would struggle to do you know, for that long, because it is very, um, very restrictive. I mean, you get great results. So I, I feel like I was just talking to another healthcare professional yesterday about this. And um, she said, I did Whole30, which is essentially cleaner eating and anti-inflammatory. And she said, or my friend is doing it. And she said, I saw my friend, she said, she lost 20 pounds and she has no her, she has no joint pain. And, you know, it was the joint pain that, um, and this was another doctor, I believe, telling me this about a doctor who had done it. And she, um, I said, you know what? I said, I think until people see that connection between food and like, oh my gosh, my knees don't hurt, you know? And usually that's a pretty quick one once you, once you clean up your diet. But I think people, I mean, I know I don't, it's hard when someone just says you need to do this, but when you actually see that connection, so maybe if you can even get people, okay, just for a week, let's try to cut out dairy and gluten and minimize alcohol and chemicals and just do it for a week, do it for five days. You can't do seven, you know, do it for five days and tell me how you feel, you know, are you sleeping better? How do your joints feel? headaches, bloating, you know? So I think if you can help them connect the dots, maybe starting there with just a baby elimination and connect the dots, because I think that is really what motivates people when they see, oh my gosh. And then when they go back to their regular eating, assuming they do, when they feel like horrible the next week, that's when they really have that aha moment, like, oh my gosh, you know? Food really is impacting me. Yeah. But you've got to, you know, you've got to meet people where they are. And, you know, a full on elimination is hard. So sometimes if I can just get people to do five to seven days, it, they figure it out themselves. And, you know, then, okay, I'm going to start here by cutting out this and just see, you know, baby steps. Awesome. Well, where can people find you if they want to get in touch with you? Yes, yeah, so I'm most active on social media on Instagram. My handle is real food, real life underscore RD. I'm Carolyn Williams. You can also search my name. Um, I also have a website that's carolynwilliamsrd.com. And I'm sure you'll put all this in the show notes. Um, and then my newest cookbook, Meals That Heal One Pot is um, is coming out September 28th. I'm so excited. Um, and you can pre-order if this if people are hearing this before that date at any online, Amazon, um, any major retailer. And you can get the book at all those places as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here and sharing your knowledge. It, it's been great to have you on the show. Thank you. I enjoyed it. I appreciate y'all having me. Absolutely. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Gut Health Reset Podcast. Please make sure you subscribe, leave a rating and a review so more people can hear about the podcast. And hey, take a screenshot of this episode and tag Dr. Anne-Marie on Instagram or Facebook at Dr. Anne-Marie Barter. And for more resources, just visit DrAnneMarieBarter.com.